Blog Talk Radio. There he is. Oh, I, I I couldn't hear the opening. What? No, I didn't hear didn't anything. Hear didn't hear anything on on the on the uh, going in like I you know like I'm calling in now. I couldn't hear anything. Nothing at all of the opening. Yeah. I don't know. I you know I, sh- I should have picked it up on this. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Hold on. Can you hear that? No. Wow. No, I didn't hear anything at all. I heard her say blog talk radio, and then that was it. I I quit hearing stuff. I I didn't want to talk over the top of it, but I just want to tell you, I couldn't hear anything. Okay. Um, all right. Well, very good. <laughs> this is not. This is amateur. Let me just blog talk radio on Facebook and see if you can hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah. You know, that was odd. I'm an engineer now, checking and see if she can hear. She's going to check. You know, log into yeah. Facebook and see if she can pick up blog talk radio on there. We might be shut out completely again. Who knows? Well, I see the I see the audio going out to Facebook. Oh, do you? Okay. Rich, I see the video what? feed going up, but last time they did that, it was off. Let me check the Blog Talk Radio page. Please bear with us, folks. This is uh, yeah. I heard nothing on the. You know, I'm, I'm, if you can hear me out there, people, I I had to call in for some reason. We're having audio problems again, and I had yeah. to call in. And doing so, I didn't hear the opening. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's yeah he he hooked up. You did hook up to Facebook, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it says, he's, uh, what's the Facebook and to Twitch. I'm listening to the. Yeah, Facebook and Twitch. All right. See if you can hear it. There's the audience. Yeah, she found it. Okay, there you go. And I'm listening. And I'm listening to the feed on Blog Talk Radio, so that came through. Uh, there, she's got it. <laughs> yeah, we're on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going out. We're being. Yeah. It is. It is going out. Just for some reason. I don't know. I've never listened. Listened to the opening before when I was called in like this. So. I don't know why the intro didn't play on Blog Talk Radio. Well, that's kind of not good. And you didn't yeah. hear the intro either. I, um, no, I didn't hear the intro at all. Can you hear me on that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, good. So, yeah, she hears both yeah. of us. We're on there, but the intro didn't go through. Uh, wait a minute. Let you know, uh, Let me ask her something here. Let's see if she, uh, okay. see if she hears, hears this. Yeah, it's always a delay, but... Uh, 
hope we got a 15 second delay. 20 second delay. Can you hear jazz? can't hear jazz in the background. She can't hear that in the background. Okay, so we got like a 45-second delay from, yeah, there it comes in. Okay. We got like a 45-second delay from our switchboard to Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that went out over Blog Talk Radio because you're playing it on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, it's playing on Blog Talk Radio. So, so, well, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode, exciting episode of All About Wine, where we can't figure out what the heck is going on with our audio. Yeah. Again, we have an audio, audio issue. And last time we found out it was Blog Talk Radio who gave us the audio issue. And this time yeah. I'm sure it is too, because I got connected through my proper channels, and this time I had to call in and be yeah. able to get through. So, but everything's coming through and everything's happening, and and and, and I actually heard the the uh, jazz that time too. Yeah, there's a disconnect between my audio going out and what you're hearing. So, yeah, I don't want well. to check into. So, all right, well, we are here, we are live, we are ready to go. Good, good, good. So we don't have to worry about some of the other stuff. I'm going to keep my chat page open here in case something comes up. And I can, well, I'll check it every once in a while with Mike. No guests tonight. It is what? What is today? Today is August the 13th, 2020. If you're listening right now, you are listening live. If you are listening other than right now, you are not listening live. So, uh, if you're listening live, I suppose you can chat with us and uh, go through Facebook and, and any questions or anything else like that, and get in touch with us that way. But if you're not at this time of date, we won't be answering them, obviously. So, uh, I saw a list of of wine podcasts uh, that was put out by uh who was it uh a wine wine podcast worth listening to by wine folly much to my dismay all about wine was not on there on the list they had some i really really they had some i never heard of people commenting saying you forgot this you forgot that do this do that and so there's quite a few different wine podcast out there. I think I'm going to try to listen to some of them this week and uh, see if they're see if they're available or see if they're any good I, you know, through my judgment. Uh, here's one that's on Overcast, iTunes, Google Play, Lib, Libsyn, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and uh, then the actual website. I've never heard of some of these places. Another one, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And then here's one, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, YouTube, SoundCloud. So there's other possibilities that we might look into. 
this one's on iHeartRadio also. I don't know what the procedures are to get on that, but that's on iHeartRadio. And uh, let's see, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and this was the same ones, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. So, I don't know. I'm not going to give you the names of these other ones because you're listening to the best already. But let me check them out, and uh, there might be some decent ones for you all to listen to and and, uh, check out for yourselves and see if you might like them. That doesn't mean you should leave all about wine. It just means simply that there are other possibilities out there. So I won't uh, won't say anything more about it until I get an opportunity to actually look at them closer. Got a nice email. I haven't had a chance to tell Mike about this one either because we have been battling the sound here. But I got a nice email from a Nicole Berrio. Uh, I'm sorry, Nicole Berrio. Yeah, that's the name. Uh, Nicole is the representative of Kendall Jackson Winery. And she said the anniversary of the New York Times former wine columnist Frank J. Prill's column about ABC or anything but Chardonnay. I don't know if you all remember that or not. If you've been in wine for any length of time, you probably do. Uh, 25 years ago, he came out with this article, big article, caught the nation. Anything but Chardonnay. Why are we Why are we glorifying Chardonnay? And he went on and on about it, and it it took off. It took off across the country. It took off. Everywhere, everybody's going. Why are we drinking Chardonnay? Well, Kendall Jackson is the biggest selling Chardonnay producers in this country. They have been for years and years, and they said, "Well, why not anything with Chardonnay? It's a good wine. It's a good, you know, it's it's planted. It's grown for years. It's great and all that." I also heard that the ABC stood for anything but Cabernet, also. So. Get away from the two big ones, Chardonnay and Cabernet. Drink anything but those. And, you know, in reality, not a bad idea. Sometimes if you're stuck on drinking nothing but Chardonnay and nothing but Cabernet, expand. I've always said this. Don't stay with the same thing all the time. Try other stuff. But there's no reason that you can't have favors, Chardonnay, Cabernet, something to fall back on at any time. But I've always been an advocate of trying to find something else that might be appealing to you and so you can do that but to to say anything but is a little too inclusive so i got this letter saying that uh a randy olman olam uh of kendall jackson is the winemaker at kendall jackson he's been there for a long long time and Chardonnay is number one selling wine in America for uh, 28 years. And Randy is basically an authority on the subject. And he has been with Kendall Jackson since the 70s and 28 Harvest. So he, they asked if we'd like to have him on the show. And I just responded to her saying, well, heck yeah. What a great, great guest, I think, would be on the show. Uh, Kendall Jackson one of the biggest producers. They are the biggest seller of Chardonnay. And, you know, between you and me, I think Kendall Jackson Chardonnay is a little bit acidic, but it's still a nice wine. It goes well with so many different things. That little bite, there's some of those winemakers out there that like that bite in it. I guess maybe Randy is one of them. 
we may bring that up to him while he's on the show. But we have a guest next week from Sculptura Winery, who's going to be on. And then we have a guest the following week. So we're, we'll be talking to Randy from Kendra Jackson until sometime in uh, September, whenever they're free in September. So uh, just want to let you know about that. I just just wrote them back right before the show, and uh, they are uh, well, waiting to see when we can get them on and let you know. We'll keep you posted on upcoming guests. Next week, again, we have uh, uh, Sculptura Winery that's going to be on. If we get all the, if we get all the bugs out of it. <laughs> yeah, if we get all the bugs out of the program, oh. you're right. Okay. Yeah. Did you look on the uh, studio just now? Apparently, we are. It shows we're on air, but uh, the host has disconnected. Oh, I don't know. If yeah, you, I don't know it if is. Got, yeah, it's just us two, and but it says we're on air, so I, I gotta go check and see if we're live still on Blog Talk Radio because it might just uh, be recording. Man, we're not having a good radio.com. Well, I'm glad these guests aren't doing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it shows us. Are you still connected to Facebook? On all Facebook about? is still on. Would you? Yeah, we're still. Yeah, we're still on. I know we're on. What says we're on air here? We're on yeah, air. We're good on. Uh, yeah, we're on air on. Uh, let's see if it shows anything. Um, we're still on. Yeah, yeah. yeah she says we're still coming through Facebook, so. If we're coming through there, we have to be coming through Blog Talk Radio. Are you still connected with Facebook? 15 minutes? Yeah. Okay. So it looks like we're good. Host disconnect, but we're on the air. How can I be disconnected yeah. if we're on the air? Yeah, I just checked Blog Talk Radio. We're live on, still on Blog Talk Radio, so... Um, <laughs> we continue. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it until they yeah. cut us off there too. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I hate to. I'm not going to hit the end episode because I'll cut us off the air completely. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. there is a problem. Yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Unbelievable. All right. Well, I'm glad they have these glitches when we don't have guests. That's that's my main concern. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if we get them out, get them out now. Get them out now, because at least the next two weeks we have guests. Maybe next three weeks or so. So I hate to think this glitch will happen if that comes on. So, all right. Thank you all for hanging in there with us through all this, or trying trying to do it, trying to do it. Uh, all right. Let's see. This, is done here. I don't need to do that anymore. Okay, what uh, we got going on here? Uh, I think we've got a couple of wineries that are open and doing stuff again I want to tell you about. Uh, yeah, Tablas Creek, uh, we get their blog in. Uh, if you don't get their blog in, then it's well worth subscribing to it. Info at Tablas Creek. Creek.com, and they are uh, 
introducing their regenerative organic certified farming. Uh, it was established in 2017 by a group of farmers, business leaders, and experts in soil health, animal welfare, and social fairness, collectively called the Regenerative Organic Alliance, or ROA. The mission is to promote regenerative organic farming as the highest standard for agriculture around the world. So, uh, soil health and plant health and animal welfare and the whole thing falls under these categories. They're bringing in sheep uh, in the vineyard. They've got different animals and different practices that they're doing. So this is uh, something new, something that they're trying to work. It says uh, Tablas Creek has always been biodynamic and organic, but this is another step that they're doing to help the soil and help everything around it and all that. Again, they are located in Sudbury, Massachusetts, so if you want to check them out, you can always do that. Or Tablas Creek Vineyard, or is a vineyard? No, info at Tablas Creek, and you can get on their blog and all that, which the latest issue tells you all about that. But they're uh, introducing the Regenerative Organic Certified, ROC, Rock, I guess, uh, they say farming like the world depends on it. I haven't read the whole article. I just got it in, and so I haven't had a chance to really go through it. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, Tablet Creek is one of them that you uh, you really should. They're very interesting blogs that they put out every week. They send out to you and all that. So it would be well worth the subscription. Whispering Oaks. This week at Whispering Oaks is, again, they have opened up pretty much everything. Social distance, the norm now. Reservation is required for the Saturday and Friday dinners. Um, They uh, can hook you up to capacity, as always. uh, Beef medallion and uh, uh, grilled shrimp or ribeye and salmon is their surf and turf, served with potatoes and vegetables and beans and salad and soup and baked bread and all that. Twenty nine ninety five person does not include gratuity, tip, or tax. They ask for reservations. They also have live music all weekend, the 14th, which is tomorrow, 3 to 6, tomorrow from 6 to 9, and then the 15th, 1 to 4, 6 to 9, and the 16th, 1 to 4. So they've got stuff going on there all the time, music and everything. They are located just north of Tampa here up in Oxford, uh, almost true west of Gainesville, or of uh, Ocala and Gainesville, that area there. So always a good meal, always a great place. Uh, really a neat place. They, I, I think they still have their goats wandering around there and all that stuff. So if you're interested check those out and if you don't make it this weekend like I say it's almost every weekend that they're doing that stuff that they have something going on there okay not that not that not that okay those let me see I know I have another another one here where is he where are they where is he Uh, hmm. All right. Well, let's go back to this. Uh, 
to this. I know I had another couple of wineries here. Uh, yeah, okay, here we go. Walsh Vineyards. Uh, Walsh Vineyards uh, is uh, located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. And they are have three locations that they uh, operate from. They've got uh, in Mannheim, they got in Lititz, Pennsylvania, and also in Gordonville, Pennsylvania. Uh, they sell this stuff. They have tastings and stuff at all of those three locations. But they are open inside and outside and curbside. So you can pick up the wines or you can sit inside. Again, social distancing being the new norm. They have the new uh, Kitchen Kettle Village event scheduled, the Sunflower Festival, Labor Day Festival, Taste of History, all sorts of stuff going from now to through October. They've got a bunch of things scheduled. Again, Old Line Road in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Waltz, W-A-L-T-Z Vineyard. And uh, you can... Get a hold of them via waltzvineyard.com, I believe it is, yes. And, let's see, I thought I had another one here. Scoptera Winery is the one that we're going to be, our guest is going to be on next week, I'm pretty sure. Let me double-check you on this so that I can let you know for sure. And that's not the email I wanted. Uh... Yeah, next week. So we got Walsh Vineyard on, or Sculptura, not Walsh, but Sculptura Vineyard on next week. So those are upcoming events, upcoming wineries that will be uh, open. Actually, a lot of them are open, uh, still curbside if you don't want to go inside. Some of them do have limited tasting. Some of them do have outdoor tasting. Some of them are doing virtual tastings. You can pick up wine there and schedule them to get online with you and taste and tell you about each one online. So there's all sorts of ways you can enjoy wine. Do it. <laughs> you know, uh, let those small wineries, your small local wineries, use them and use them and help them out because it is tough out there for them. I said it before, I'll say it again, if I was still had the wine open, I probably would not have been able to survive. It's been it's been a rough times. Speaking of surviving and not surviving, champagne. We're going to talk a little bit about champagne tonight and, and uh, if it's how it's doing and what's going on with champagne. Uh, let me get back to the screen that I want here for that. And there it is. Champagne. All right. A couple of things. Uh, just a brief primer I'm going to give you on champagne here because you need to start drinking it more. And the reason you need to start drinking it more because champagne is going through a catastrophe. Their words, not mine. They said that the, champ- the true Champagne district of France is really starting to suffer. The pandemic has caused a major problem there. They are in the middle of a bubbly market that has, as they say, gone flat. 
Champagne is losing its fizz, they're saying. For months, the lockdown put the cork on weddings and dining out and parties and international travel and all the celebrations and things that Champagne is usually popped for, usually opened for and usually used for is not being done because of the pandemic. So producers in France's eastern Champagne region, which is headquarters of the global industry, says they've lost an estimated $2 billion in sales so far this year. And uh, as turnovers fell by a third, and it is hammering the champagne business. It is really, they said this is the worst turnaround, the worst loss of monies since the Great Depression. And some of them are even saying it's worse than that. I mean, that's, is unprecedented in any of the records or anything. Expect about 100 million bottles to be languishing unsold in their cellars by the end of the year. 100 million bottles. It's mind-boggling when you think about how many that is. They're experiencing a crisis, and they're saying they have to reevaluate everything. It's worse than the Great Depression, some some of them even say of 1929. Uh, this is by the uh, the French Champagne Committee, known uh, by the acronym CIVC, which represents some 16,000 winemakers. And they're saying that it's just unprecedented completely. The urgency of the problem is CIVC is launching unprecedented damage limitation measures. So, you know, it's like the oil-producing countries, whenever they see that they've got too much on the market, they start cutting back on it to avoid the prices dropping to the floor like like they did back in April and May. The committee regulates the size of the harvest each year for champagne to avoid any excess production that could cause the prices to plummet. Well... At the meeting scheduled for August 18th, which is just, what, a week away or so. Today's the 13th, five days away. It's expected that they're going to impose a cap so tight that record quantities of grapes will be destroyed or sold to distilleries at discounted prices. Now, these are Pinot Noir grapes and Chardonnay grapes primarily. That is your primary champagne grape. The prospect has really alarmed a lot of the smaller producers because they're the ones most vulnerable. The big houses can survive some of this stuff, but these small producers all around are already in panic mode, and they're already getting into even more of a panic mode because of what they might cut back on. Al-Salim. Al-Salim says Lucy, I guess that's how it's pronounced. I probably destroyed his name, so if you're listening, Al-Salim, I'm sorry. Uh, Jacques Silosi Champagnes called it an insult to nature, his words, that Champagne's famous grapes might even be destined to produce alcohol for hand sanitizer, as is happening in other wine-producing regions, such as Alsace, after the demand spike during the pandemic. So they can't keep up with sales, or the sales can't keep up with the production. So they're turning their 
grapes into alcohol and making hand sanitizer from it. Alsace is doing it. They don't want the Champagne region to do it. They said it would be an insult. We are to destroy the grapes, and we pay for them to be destroyed, Solosi said, referring to the industry as a whole. It's nothing but a catastrophe. Can you imagine spending a season growing grapes and or making your product or preparing for your product and having to destroy it, and you have to pay to destroy it? I, that's That would make me sick. They continue, quote, Champagne has never lived through anything like this before, even in the world wars. We have never experienced a sudden one-third fall in sales. 100 million bottles unsold. That means 300 million are sold normally. So one-third in sales. The big producers predict that this could last for years. This isn't a one-time thing. They said that this the repercussions could continue Again, quote, it should not be forgotten that Champagne has lived through every single war, said uh, Paul François uh, Rankin, who is the founder of Franken Pomeroy Monopoly, which is a Champagne house. But with other crises, there was a way out. For now, there is no way out unless we find a vaccine, which is true but frightening just in the realization of that he said the essence of champagne marking as a drink quaffed at parties and weddings needs to be re-evaluated to reflect the new normal uh, the new branding strategy is uh, for his house and other champagnes he said will be to seek the wine status as a naturally and often organically produced quality drink from a historic French region. Even if the bars and the nightclubs are closed for five years, we don't plan on missing out on customers. There will be very big changes, he said, in marketing and highlights the grandeur of the wines. He says many natural champagnes are produced at his house with no added sugars, and he hopes the pandemic will be able to feature some future champagne marketing and how this is done in the multi-million dollar industry of the champagne production. He said that he'd like to see cooperatives more, too. It's starting to become even more noticeable that they don't have cooperatives in the champagne regions as much as they should because of the small champagne houses and so he said uh, communal wine presses would help pool the cost and help the smaller producers he says adaptability of the champagne region is the key he said they've survived <coughs> excuse me they survived being dessert wines of the 19th century and modern day versions of the drier brute wine he said that the industry could move away from effervescence and be able to produce all sorts of wines, as it did in the past by making red, white, and steel wines, not just literally fizzy wines, but a no-fizzy-type region. So, wow, champagne's hurting. It, and you don't consider that stuff, but... We don't. I, I'm always saying, 
drink your champagnes, drink your fizzies, drink your bubblies on any occasion. It's not just for parties, but it has gained that reputation as being a wine for parties, and it is affecting them now because that's what they are being counted as, is a wine for parties. Uh, Okay, let's see. Where are we at? Uh, Okay, here's this article here. If it gets me out of it like it's supposed to and thumbs me through it. Okay. That right, that's right. This is, oh no, they asked, this is, ask me more stuff here. And, sorry about this, but the thing just locked me out and it won't let me go through until I finish doing a couple of these questions here. Once I do that, I will be able to get to the article that I want to get to. Okay. Should we go back to playing jazz tunes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got it here. I, you know, I pull these things up, uh, these these articles up, and these different things up, and then it starts asking me all sorts of weird questions. I try to click out of it and it won't let me do it until I answer, you know, the four or five questions on it. And this one was lucky. It had some drop down boxes so I didn't have to type a bunch of stuff, but I still had to do them before it let me go any further. But we're good. Okay. This article is out of uh, Average uh, Beverage Dynamics magazine, a little short thing, but I thought it was was good since I just told you how champagne's hurting. Now I'm going to tell you to go out and buy champagne and buy the bubbly wines and buy the Proseccos and all these good things because you will help them. And it's, you know, while you're sitting at home celebrating your newfound way to live and newfound freedoms to be able to not have to telecommute or not have to... Uh, Actually, commute. You can telecommute and all that stuff. I have some champagne while you're doing it. Oh, I get to tell you about my wine tonight too. I'm having a conundrum. Can you bring me the bottle? Um, having a conundrum. Uh, it's, I love conundrum. This is a great white wine. It is C-O-N-C-U-N-D-R-U-M. I recommend this to people all the time. This is a 2011. I have here. I had it. I relocated in my wine refrigerator today and I was pulling out some wines that were in it and this was a 2011 conundrum in it and it's still just as delicious now as if it were brand new which surprised me because I didn't think this thing would would hold up quite this long but I do keep my wine refrigerator a little bit colder than recommended so the things will age slower but conundrum they have they've had a white wine for quite some time they just recently came out with a red wine about you know three or four years ago they came out with a red wine uh, called conundrum red it says a proprietary blend of white wine that's what it says on the front a proprietary blend of california white wine and this is uh vented and bottled by conundrum wines rutherford california now mike if you 
have a free hand there, and I know how good you are typing with one hand while you're doing stuff with the other, punch in conundrumwines.com, C-O-N, uh, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-U-M. Uh, Got it. Conundrum Wines. And see if they list what's in the white wine. Uh, they don't do it on the bottle. And it says they have uh, conundrum white. Um, that's how they they have it on the web page, and they have a red and a rosé. Um, it says fresh fajitas. Oh, <laughs> so they mix <laughs> fajitas and uh, <laughs> and salsa. <laughs> oh, uh, here we go. It's it's uh, yeah salsa. <laughs> uh, it's a blend of Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Sermillon, uh, Muscat, Canelli, and Vonier. Vonier. Wow. Vonier. Vonier. Uh, that, 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 the Muscat, you can really, it, it gives that little uh, Muscat aroma to it. You can detect that. Uh, the Chardonnay is is the one that carries it, I think. But Sermillon uh, is uh, a nice little body builder i think for the wine but it's very good i yeah it doesn't say it on the bottle i just wonder if they even had it listed on the on the website that's good that they do yeah so but conundrum if you all get a chance uh it's i it, it anywhere from 15 to 25 dollars i it's really really hard to say how much this is i it's came down a little bit on the price i don't know how much it is now, some of the stores and stuff like that. But it, it was on up there around 22, 23 for a while. I think it's dropped right below 20. Well worth it. Absolutely well worth it. It's very good, very good white wine. So that's what I'm enjoying tonight. And it's not really, it's just it's got a nice golden color to it. But this golden color could be from me aging it for 10 years too. Yeah, it's got a very, very nice taste to it. But that golden color could be from, you know, aging, getting a little bit older. And as white wines get older, they do start getting a little bit darker. And it's got some nice aroma, some very nice. That muscat aroma really starts coming out. That's surprising how much that muscat aroma starts coming out. But I do recommend a conundrum if you're looking for a white wine. Uh, even to take to a party with, uh, you want to have something people will enjoy a conundrum. It's a good one there. So that's our wine thing, and it's got a screw cap on it, which doesn't surprise me, but it surprises me because this, this is a 2011. So you're looking at one that's nine, ten years old here that it's got a screw cap on it. So back to what I was talking about: bubbly wines. Bubbly wines are made from different. Made differently, of course. There are three styles which are based on European wine they emulate during the method of production. Champagne. Okay, this is fermented twice with the second fermentation in the bottle. This is called the traditional method. And this is one that champagne houses use and all that. It's a traditional method. Flavor, texture, and mousse are enhanced by the long-term aging on the yeast sediments or the lees. 
And that's what when you hear, you know, this was aged on the lees. You may have heard some of our guests say we age it so long on the lees. That is the yeast sediment, basically, is what they're talking about. The champagnes are usually most often dry to really, really dry. You don't have much sweetness in those. Uh, brute is, I just read on that article, they, they call it Brute now and so on, but that's very, very dry wines. Prosecco. These are fermented twice with the second fermentation in pressurized tanks. Okay, this is Chermet method. The wine is typically slightly sweeter and must be bottled and sold quickly to preserve its freshness and pleasantly fruity taste. Think Italian. They do the Prosecco. This is where... Uh, how they differ, and it is sweeter, and it's you know young wines, and you buy it. And Prosecco is very, very popular. Prosecco has been selling a lot. And then the third method, Asti, A-S-T-I, Asti. You've heard of Asti Spumanti. Everyone has. This is one single fermentation, and it's interrupted halfway through to preserve the high levels of sugar and to suppress the alcohol. Okay, so as you're as you're fermenting, you're, the fermentation ferments the sugar out of the wine and turns it into alcohol. And this process gives you oxygen. That's why you put a balloon on your little home distilleries and stuff. But this Asti method is referred to as the ancestral method. These wines are fully sweet and they do not age well. There's just nothing to age them. It's just sweetness, okay? So you stop it while it's still got high levels of sugar in it before it ferments it out. So one of the most noticeable distinctions between the styles is sweetness. But the regulated label terminology used to indicate sugar content can be hard to decipher. This is always a problem. They, You know, you... you you have to be familiar with it. You can't just look at it and say, oh, okay, this is what I want. Some sweetness de- designations, such as Brut, B-R-U-T, are unique to sparkling wines. So if you see a Brut, that's wine. But others, like Extra Dry, can be misleading. And even though it does seem a little bit more straightforward, Extra Dry doesn't really give you a true answer because brood is drier than extra dry. So let's get some historical context to make this a little bit easier. When the French Champagne first became popular in the early 18th century, the style caught on as an expensive novelty that would now be considered a dessert wine. And it was very popular in England. I mean, it just it, it exploded in England in, in sales because they liked the sweetness. Most were doused with over 50 grams of cane sugar per liter. Uh, that is at a level we would now call doux, D-O-U-X, or sweet. Uh, same thing. As bubbly wine became more fashionable in the royal courts of Europe, demand grew for drier styles to serve with dinner. So, Venters added less sugar and labeled these wines as Demisec or Sec, S-E-C, Demisec or Sec. 
meaning half dry or dry. So demi-sec is half dry and a sec wine is dry. But even these were really quite sweet compared to the modern standards. So when merchants kept requesting even drier wines, vintners who had used the word dry for a Swedish wine had to come up with a new word to signify drier than dry. Thus, they invented the term brut, B-R-U-T, meaning savage, actually, or unrefined, which is conveying a near total absence of sweetening. So brut meaning a savage wine or a savage champagne. So uh, brut being the driest. Dry meat is sweeter than brut. Sec is dry and demisec is half dry and then well you can always find others that are sweeter and all that and they usually tell you on the bottle. So there's just a little quick lesson on your your champagne levels of sweetness. So if you're looking for a very dry champagne, go with Brut. If you're looking for one that's sweet, then you can go with a, a sweeter one. Now, terms and sugar contents can be deceptive. Okay, extra brute has got zero to six uh, grams per liter of sweetness. Zero to six grams per liter, which is low, very low. Brute, zero to 12 grams per liter. So you can technically get a sweeter Extra, uh, a, a drier brute than you can an extra brute. It, it, it is possible, but probably not unless you really search. Extra dry is 12 to 20 grams per liter of sweetness. Sec dry, S-E-C dry, sec dry, 17 to 35 grams per liter. So if you see extra dry, it's going to be drier than sec dry. Demisec. 33 to 50 grams per liter. You're getting sweet there, demi-sec. And then D-O-U-X is sweet. That's 50 plus grams per liter. That's sweet. So you can you can really, you can see the sweetness on that. So there's just a, a quick uh, tutorial, if you will, on champagnes and the different levels of it basically though buy them buy yourself some champagne get out there and try them and buy them and use them okay uh something i want to pass on to you if you are around a winery if you're around regions that are harvesting wine and it's getting pretty close to that time now it's it's you're we're in our what second week in august third week of august 13th we're getting you know starting the third week of august Harvest is starting to happen in different places. And because harvest is starting to happen in different places, they need people to pick the grapes. And there's not anybody out there to do it. It's a problem. There different areas are running into major problems because the migrant workers aren't traveling. They're not going around and doing it. There's a lot of areas that are really short of pickers. And a lot of wineries rely on customers to pick anyway and uh, promise them a case of wine or 
you know, a couple cases or six bottles or whatever to help them pick their grapes. And it's hard work and it's dirty work and it's sweaty work and it's really a lot of fun and they usually have a picnic and stuff in the middle of it. Well, they can't do that stuff now because of COVID-19. So they're looking for people who are willing to come out and do the thing and still social distance. You can bring family members out and work down one side of an aisle and not be anywhere near somebody on that's picking also, which is always a good thing. And you can help your local winery and help them save a little bit of money through this. And it's a win-win-win-win all the way around for everybody. So contact your local wineries if you are interested, if you want to get out in the fresh air and not worry for a day or two about COVID and still be protected because nobody's going to be around. Volunteer to do some picking because I'm sure they would be more than thrilled to have you come out and help them pick and they give you some bottles of wine at the after they're harvested and fermented and bottled, they will more than likely be happy to give you some. Most of them are. You're not going to get paid for it. I'm not going to say, you know, go out there and look for pay because I don't think any of them would do that unless you're a professional picker and you can pick probably five times more than you will. But it's still fun. So get out there and do some help for your local vineyards. That's another way you can help, actually, It's getting out there helping them pick, not just buying the wines, which is always a good thing, but if you get out there and help them pick, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Let me get back here to my page and get on to something here that I wanted to check. Cork supply. That's what I want to check. Let me see if I can find this article here. Uh, Oh, okay. Cork supply is coming close to eliminating TCA. We've talked about TCA in the past. That's uh, uh, 246-tetrachloronosol and it affects wines, gives you a a tainted wine or a corked wine. And they are saying now that they are to the point where it's 99.85% eliminated uh, success rate with cork taint, which is great. Uh, That's why a lot of places went to screw camp. That's why a lot of places went to other methods being plastic or rubber or whatever to close your corks because corks give taint, give that uh, chemical reaction. And they're saying that it doesn't do it with these other closures. Now they're saying that they got it to the point where it is 99.85% eliminated through this new method that they're doing, new extraction technology. So we hope so. It would be nice not to have to worry at all about cork taint. I've had it in my life. You have, too. You probably never noticed it, never paid much attention to it, but it is something that can make a difference. As wineries have lost metals at judgments and stuff like that simply because of cork taint that they don't always and aren't always aware of. So is possibly eliminated. 
me get out of this. There's another one that I don't want to do. I saw something. Now, I want to talk to you about this. The Hue Society, H-U-E, the Hue Society. It is a society of wine drinkers for people of color, for black people. And I saw that, and I said, yay for them. And then I thought, well, why yay for them? They, But maybe they don't feel like they're appreciated within the ranks of all the others and stuff. I, I don't know. But look it up, the Hugh Society. I don't want to make any editorial comments on it or anything. Uh, it's it's good that the, that they're interested and that they're doing it, and it's something that I think is great. And I'm glad that uh, the Hugh Society is out there. But I just discovered it, and it's been around for a while, and it just surprised me that there was a society just for uh, for African-American or, or uh, black participants. So I'll let you look it up yourself. Hugh, H-U-E, Hugh Society. The wine frauds. Oh, yeah. I was going to tell you about this a couple of weeks ago, but then we've had guests and I haven't had a chance. Huge wine frauds are being uncovered in Europe. Authorities in Spain and Italy have opened two alleged fake wine conspiracies. Uh, They've emerged in major wine fraud investigations in Spain's top criminal court. Uh, 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 Earlier this year, back in February, local governments announced it had opened local proceedings against a Felix Solis and a J. Garcia Carrion, who is uh, Spain's largest wine producer, and uh, Bodega Novera Lopez. They are allegedly fraudulent wines were sold in 2018 across Spain and internationally. Uh, the Wine Board report said that in March this year, 27 point, or 29.7 million liters of aged wine have been sold in 2019, nearly the double amount of aged wines officially declared by the districts that made them. Hmm. So they're selling wine as aged wines that uh, are bottled and all that, but they've already sold more, almost 30 million liters more of the wine than was actually produced. So this is being checked on and being checked on closely. It is being uh, not just in Spain, but also Italy has a problem with that also. The investigation is continuing. It's uh, carried out raids uh, in Italy on eight Italian provinces and the investigation discovered that low-quality wines were being refilled in bottles under original labels and then sold as real ones on the online action platforms. This is according to Europol. And the wines were sold in Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and the United States. The empty, authentic bottles were gathered from restaurants and delivered mainly by two individuals 
excuse me, who worked in the food industry. So they've caught him. Uh, well, so far, I guess it's going into it. It says that an investigation is continuing, but the first one in Spain, they have sold more than was ever produced for the vintage, and the other one, they're refilling bottles. Shame, shame, shame. Shame on them. You know, you hear about stuff like that, and you start thinking, wow, you know, that just gives a, a, a bad name to the wine industry. It's just, it just makes you scared to get involved with buying any futures or buying anything from other countries. And there's so many repercussions from something like that that you just just don't know what to do with it. You, you just, well. All right. Uh, let me talk about a couple other things here quickly before we close for the night. Uh, see, top best vineyards in the world. I thought this was rather arbitrary. I don't know where they came up with the world's best vineyards. Uh, it's uh, seems odd to me. The world's best vineyards uh, is best based on the variety or the region or the grape or the vintage or the producer or I, I don't know. Uh, Wine Spectator and Wine Enthusiast have their restaurant list. This is out of Spirit Magazine, which I think they're just simply trying trying to compete in the restaurant uh, area of it. But they named the first one uh, of uh, Zicardo Valdi Uco in Mendoza, Argentina. Then Bodega Garzan Maldonado in Uruguay. Monte Apoto Valley in Chile. And Robert Mandavi Winery in Oakville, California. Uh, five best vineyards in the world. Uh, how they come up with them, what their basis for them, I don't know. I just thought that was a very strange list. I And when I read that, I'm going, huh? Okay. The cost of COVID. Restaurants, stores, producers uh, are really all hurting all the way through. I, I've said this over and over again. I just found this other long article. I'm not going to go through all this, but there's another long article here that said that it's it, it's a constant, constant struggle with these wineries and with these restaurants and with uh, everybody, distributors, everybody within the industry, uh, multi billion, multi-billion dollar loss worldwide uh, in the wine industry, or actually in the spirits, but since we're all about wine in the wine industry. So it's something that uh, may take us some time to recover. The best case scenario of COVID will cost the world $76.69 billion to forecast. A more realistic impact is likely to be $346.98 billion in the wine industry worldwide. This isn't just here, but worldwide. It's just staggering, absolutely staggering. 
you can do your part to help, though, get out and support your local winery. And do it any way you can. I mean, if you, you know, order from them or help them pick whatever, everything helps. So do what you can, and they uh, they will appreciate it, and we'll see if we can't help a little bit mitigate this this unbelievable amount of money that's going to be impacted in the industry because of this COVID-19. So we're done. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my conundrum and hopefully (laughs) our issues with the sound will be fixed by next week because we do have a guest. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me now? You can't hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, that, good. Thank you. Uh, next week, August the 20th, we have Dr. Warren Frankel of Sculptera Winery and Sculpture Garden in Paso Robles, California. Um, very interesting uh, concept there. So, uh, yes, it I'm is. Looking at the website, the website and, and everything. Uh, very interesting. So, yeah, we're looking forward to him. It's They got one of them, the, the, the father who's started the winery went into sculptures and he, he tries to feature sculptures and art from the Paso Robles area and then his son hmm. I believe is the one that does the wine and stuff like that so it should be fun it, I'm looking forward yeah. to it um, no. don't know you know what's going to happen with Blog Talk Radio there is a problem they tell us but yeah we already knew that you know so yeah, well, they said they fixed it last time too. <laughs> yeah, they fixed it last time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, another we're we're beta testing that uh, for the past nine years, ten years, whatever. It's been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. There's a beta test for yeah. ten years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Paid steady beta testing. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we pay them a little bit each month to be on there. We don't. It's it's not a big amount. I think forty dollars something. But That's since we're deal. not getting connections, they should give us credit. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Um, so, well, if you're uh, you know if you're complaining to them about it and all that, and say say by the way we've missed two shows because of your audio yeah. problems that so we'd like to see credit for those two yeah. shows. Oh, well, we, we checked our logs and it wasn't on our end. It was your end. <laughs> yeah. 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 More yeah. than likely. Yeah. 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 That's why we got it all fixed for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. well, good luck with that. Well, we still have, we yeah, still have really. Facebook and Twitter we can connect to and those, those are working and um, I can, pretty much tell when they're working. It's easier to check that than it is on blog talk radio because we can instantly go back and listen to it. Whereas, oh, well, yeah, I yeah, I know <laughs> that's the same thing. That's why an engineer yeah. pull it up and immediately we were there and yep. that was no problem. So yeah. Yeah. I usually look for the, uh, the little scroll for the, the closed captioning. I still don't oh, know how yeah. to do that live. I, I look at either. the closed captioning. I can, I can see words on there. I'm thinking, all right, it's working. <laughs> it's I just said that. I wonder if we went, if they would write that yeah. on there. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Weird noise, they'll just put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, we'll be back next uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Facebook, and Twitch. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the show, as always. And uh, we'll join us next week as, we, again, we do have a live guest. So uh, have a safe for a weekend and a week, and we'll see you next time right here. Thanks for tuning uh, in. Hopefully you can hear the audio this time, Ron. Yeah, yeah <laughs> really. We'll try it. All right. Thanks again. We'll, we'll see you. Oh, yeah. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Wine.